What's up, everybody? I am Roman Gennaro, and this is another episode of Empire Sports Talk. This is an episode that I've been looking forward to for a long time, but let's get into the stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks uh, as, as we've been away from doing episodes. Uh, first, I want to congratulate the Kansas City Chiefs on becoming the first back-to-back -back Super Bowl champions since Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in 03-04. And before we say anything, they, they are going for the three-peat, but let's still slow down on the Patrick Mahomes is the greatest of all time. Because let's, let's remember that, yes the, yes, the Chiefs have won three in five years, but the Patriots won three in four years, and that was just less than half of Tom Brady's mark. So do I think that Patrick Mahomes will get there eventually if he stays healthy? Yeah, he definitely could. But... Not yet. We're only seven years in. He's got three titles. It's awesome, but he's not there yet. For those who, I saw something interesting this week. The The talk of the, at least the second half of the NFL season was the Super Bowl logo controversy where, where with the colors matching the teams that played in them and whatever. And, I, and I'm ne I've, I've never bought into that. I've never bought into the idea that the, that the NFL was scripted. You know, it's, it's, it's purely a coincidence. These NFL logos are created to match the environment in which they're being played. So that's that's one of the reasons, you know, one of the reasons that the LA logo was was orange and yellow is because it's sunny in LA. It's it's a coincidence and everybody wants to attribute it to something else. And the people that said all season, they said, oh, it's rigged, it's gonna be the 49ers and and Ravens were the same people that when the Ravens got knocked out and the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl, they changed the purple in the logo to be like, oh, it was always going to be 49ers and the Chiefs because the purple matches Taylor Swift's Speak Now album. Like, calm down. Take a pill. Like, that, that's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's not rigged. It's, it's, just, it's just a coincidence. Cool your jets. But congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on winning yet another Super Bowl in a thrilling game against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and we could talk, we could talk until we're blue in the face about, about the mistakes that Kyle Shanahan did or did not make and play calling at the end of that game. But you never know until it's over. Everybody can play Monday morning quarterback. Getting to the Super Bowl and playing in a Super Bowl and coaching in a Super Bowl is hard. And I think Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers did a great job. And they dominated the first half of that game, quite frankly. And the Kansas City just did what Kansas City does and came out on top. Uh, next thing is the Caitlin Clark watch is on. And the Caitlin, listen, the Caitlin Clark watch has been on every game for at least two years. She has electrified not only women's college basketball, but college basketball. She is the, she's the most watchable player in college sports right now. Um, and she is just 74 points away, as we record this, from passing Pistol Pete Maravich on the all-time NCAA basketball scoring record list. She she already is the all-time women's leading scorer. She's just 74 points away from passing, pa passing Pistol Pete for the all-time record. She... She is playing here in just a few minutes today as we record this on, on February 25th. She's playing today against Illinois. But given her her season average, she's on pace to break the record on March 3rd against Ohio State, which would be the team, which would be Iowa's final home game. So she is on pace to break the record. So for the next 
few games, all eyes are, are on Caitlin Clark as she prepares to, I think, inevitably break Pistol Pete's record, and it is well-deserved. What, what we're watching in women's college sports is exactly what's wrong with men's college basketball, is that there's no consistency. There's no there's no year-to-year -year links in the chain other than coaches because men's college basketball, it's one and done. Everybody leaves. The roster completely turns over every year. So it's really hard to to consistently follow your favorite team. And I really think that college basketball should either – they should either – get rid of the one-and-done rule and let, let players come out of high school like they used to, or they should increase it to two years. Because it's obvious that, that the NCAA as a whole is pretty broken, but I think the most broken is college basketball. And the consistency that we see in women's college sports, and one of the reasons that women's college basketball is gaining in popularity, is because the women's game has less turnover because there's the WNBA doesn't pay as much. So it's not a foregone conclusion that, yeah, I'm going to go to the WNBA. So players play, stay in college longer. They play for those teams. We've seen, we, we, we've seen big, big players and big names like, like Paige uh, Buckers, um, Angel Reese, and now Caitlin Clark being in the game for years at a time. I might, is, is it Paige Buchers? Maybe it's Paige Buchers. Staying in the game, years at a time, allowing us to see them, watch them play, get excited about what they're doing. And it's just a different thing. And, and, and when with those bigger stars emerging in college basketball, in women's college basketball and staying longer, it's, it's producing a better product on a daily basis and on a yearly basis. I still believe that the men's college tournament is a better product than, than the women's college tournament. But as far as regular season and and year to year turnover, women's college basketball is definitely gaining on men's college basketball. They have a long way to go, but with the with the stardom of Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and Paige Buchers in the past, women's college basketball is something to be reckoned with. All right, now to the meat of the episode, and as I said, I'm really excited about this. The Super Bowl is over. The NHL and the NBA are post All Star break, which means, and if you know me. And if you could see the jersey behind me, and if you could see the 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 items on the desk to my right, the boys of summer are about to take center stage. And so that's what we're going to do uh, today. We're going to talk about projections and predictions for the 2024 Major League Baseball season as spring training games just got underway this weekend. and. We're going to go division by division and break it down. Throughout the week, we're releasing our top 10 lists of, of players by position heading into the new season. In fact, we've already started. I just posted, prior to starting this recording of this episode, I just posted the list of second basemen, uh, my top 10 second basemen going into the season. And these, what take, takes into account here is with these lists is how they performed last season, as well as how I think they're going to perform this next season. And before you get on to me about second baseman list, I'll go ahead and give you a sneak peek of that. I have Mookie Betts at the top 
of the second baseman list because he is transitioning to the Dodgers everyday second baseman role and he is good at everything. The man is if you've ever seen him bowl, play basketball, anything he does, he's good at. Uh so I don't expect him to have any kind of drop off from the second base position. He's played it a little bit with the Dodgers in the last couple of years. He he is the everyday guy now. And I also have Xander Bogarts on the list because he is moving from shortstop to second. So that is just a sneak peek of my top 10 second baseman heading into 24. Head over to our social media to see the full list as well as the first baseman and catcher list that are already up. And check back every day this week for the next lists in the series. We're going by position. All right. I want to start right away, and I'm just going to go in the order that these are that I that I have these listed in my notes. I I want to start with the AL East, and there's no reason for me to believe that Baltimore will not repeat as AL East champions. They were a hundred win team last year, one of the youngest teams in baseball. All of those young players are back: uh, Dean Kramer, Grayson Rodriguez. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, Jordan Westberg, and oh, by the way, Jackson Holiday is coming. Um, we don't know if he'll start start the year with the with the big club. Probably not, considering I think he got called up to AAA late last year, so he'll probably start in AAA, but he probably won't be there for long. John Means is healthy. They added Corbin Burns, and they added Craig Kimball to an already stacked back end of that bullpen with Felix Batista and and Cano. So this team already won 100 games, and they get, they just got better uh, in the offseason. So Baltimore, for me, is, is the top team in the AL East. Like I said, John Means is healthy. That's great for them. Uh, second, I have the New York Yankees. They, they added Marcus Stroman. They added Juan Soto. They still have Aaron Judge. They still have John Carlos Stanton. Their health will obviously be a question. Uh, Carlos Rendon looks to be healthy again this year. They do need a catcher, in my opinion. I said that last year as well, but I, I feel like I, when, when I was talking to friend of the podcast, Joe Wilbruda, who works for the Yankees, I said, I think you guys need to go get a catcher. And I said that before last season. Uh, and I still believe that, e- even more so, actually, because. Kyle Higashioka moved on to who was who was their main guy other than Jose Trevino. Um, he moved on to San Diego, so now their their catching situation is even worse than it was a year ago. I still think they need to go find a catcher to to round out what is a pretty good lineup. Third in the AL East, I have the Toronto Blue Jays. They did add Justin Turner. But they lost Whit Merrifield, and they didn't really add anything else. Uh, they still have Vigio and Vlad and Bichette, but I feel like they are a couple moves away from really contending and, and, and pushing this thing to where they hope it could go. And I think they've made the playoffs a couple of times, but when you have the core that they do, you're, you're expecting to contend for the World Series, and they just haven't uh, yet. I think they're a couple pieces away. I would have liked to see them do a little bit more to do that. They were, for a second at least, the world thought that they were going to land Shohei because everybody was tracking the jet uh, that uh, turned out to be 
carrying Shark Tank alum Robert Hershevik and not Shohei Otani. So, so, so we got a little bit teased by the flight paths of certain Jets. A couple of years ago, they were in play for Freddie Freeman, missed out on him, have yet to make that big splash that could get them over the over the top. It didn't do much this offseason. I have them in third place and likely missing the playoffs. Um, and as good as they've been in in recent years, I have I have Tampa in fourth. They made no real moves uh, to bolster their team, and they lost Tyler Glass now as he uh, signed with the Dodgers. So I just I don't see. I do think this division is getting tougher, with Baltimore now not being a secret, and getting better. New York being New York. The Blue Jays having the core they've always had. It's going to be tougher, and if you don't make moves, and I get that Tampa's one of the smallest market teams in the league, and they do still have Randy Rosarena, but Randy Rosarena can't do it by himself. They have Yandy Diaz, who who had a breakout year last year. But I feel like if they want to continue to contend in that division and in the league and in the playoffs, they needed to do a little bit more, especially since they lost Tyler Glass now. But... Right now, I have them in fourth place. I have I have the top four being pretty tight. I think they're all going to be pretty good. I think they're all going to be right there in the conversation. And injuries could easily derail the Yankees. We've seen it happen before. So just because I have Tampa in fourth doesn't mean I think they're going to be really bad. I think they're going to be as good as they've been. But without making major moves and losing their ace... I, I don't I don't see them doing as well as they've done in, in recent years. And last, I have the Boston Red Sox. They did add Lucas Giolito and Von Grissom, but they didn't. It seemed like they were poised to do something special because it was announced that Netflix was going to do kind of a hard knocks in-season documentary with this Red Sox team, and the ownership knew that. And so if there was ever a, a an opportunity to be like, hey, like, go make a splash. Go make a move that we can talk about. They didn't do it. And, you know, like I said, they did add these couple of pieces, but it's nothing special. It's nothing It's nothing that's going to be like, oh, they got Lucas Giolito and Von Grissom. Von Grissom's young and hasn't had an everyday starting job. Uh, he had it at the end of 2022 with the Braves, but then, you know, Orlando Arcia took the reins in 2023, and, and they didn't look back. So he's now probably going to be the starting shortstop for – the Red Sox, but we we don't know what that's going to look like for him. He looked great at the end of 2022 for the Braves, but then early 2023, teams caught on. Even late in the playoffs uh, of 2022, teams caught on to him. And so, and Lucas Giolito hasn't really been the same pitcher since he left Chicago late in the middle of last year, and really hasn't been the same pitcher since 2020, 2021. So, that's not really enough to for me to move Boston up anywhere. Uh, and they lost Alex Verdugo. Let's not forget that because he went to the rival New York Yankees. So that's that, that's another point in the Yankees category. So I, I don't see Boston ending up anywhere but last place in, in the AL East here. Moving on to the AL Central. This division is interesting to me is because there's no there's no team that's going to I feel jump out and take control for most of last year until uh, the last month or so it was anybody's race and I, and I had I had Cleveland winning it you know I I I I I looked at Cleveland at the All-Star break 
And I was like, this, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna end up with the division. They're gonna run away with it. That did not happen because they didn't have any consistency. And Minnesota took care of business with their great pitching and took and took the division. And I still have them winning the division because even though they lost Sonny Gray, which was part of their vaunted starting rotation and and and, and pitching situation, they lost Sonny Gray, but they but they added Anthony DeSclavani. I don't know if they'll they'll have him as a starter or a bullpen piece, but that that kind of helps them kind of regain something from that aspect. And the the offense was a point of or of note for them last year because as good as their pitching was, their offense is what kept them from running away with the division when it was tight. Because the guys they expected to have really good years, they 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 didn't have a great year offensively. Hopefully, we we see a step forward from Royce Lewis and a step forward from Carlos Correa. I have Carlos Correa on my top ten for shortstops this year. Um, but they also added uh, Carlos Santana, who everywhere he's gone, he's added power and he's added offense. So hopefully for them, that I, I, I think that's going to help kind of bridge the gap between their offense and their pitching with Carlos Santana just a bit. Second place right now is my surprise team uh, for the season. And that is, and, 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 and I said it last year and it ended up not being the case. But I'm riding with the Detroit Tigers. Um, it's a good time to be a sports fan in Detroit, unless it's the Pistons. You know, the the Lions broke their playoff drought. The Red Wings are going pretty good. And I think, you know, I really like what the Detroit Tigers are building in the Motor City here. You know, A.J. Hinch, obviously, is a World Series winning manager with Houston. They added Jack Flaherty to that rotation, as well as Shelby Miller and Kenta Maeda to that rotation. They have another year of Casey Mize. They have another year of, with Spencer Torkelson and Parker Meadows and Riley Green, a nice young core there in Detroit. You, you heard Jack Flaherty say that he's, that, that, that he's bought in. He's bought into what's happening in Detroit. And, and, and maybe it doesn't happen this year, but I think this year that team takes a step forward as they have some consistency with the young core and there are some there are some free agents still out there that they could add to 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 bolster them even further. Jordan Montgomery is still out there. Matt Chapman is still out there to add some more offense. Blake Snell is still out there. Joey Votto who if you need if if you need somebody to play DH or you need somebody to play first base every now and again, he I think he's still got something in his bat. You know there are still some guys out there that could that could give that could give Detroit a boost if if one of these young guys starts to slump, uh, or 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 they need more pitching because you can never have enough pitching. That's the one thing we know. Third in the Central, as I said, the, this this is a division that has someone has failed to separate themselves. So this is really an anybody can take it division at any given time. Third in the Central, I have the Kansas City Royals, another team that is is really building something from from the ground up from from one of the worst teams to and I, I don't think they'll be in contention for the playoffs uh but the, I think they're going to take a huge step forward from last year uh they they locked up Bobby Witt Jr for 11 years they added Austin Nola, Michael Walker and and Will Smith to to their roster and those are those are three veterans that can bolster the situation um, 
I think Austin Nola will give Salvador Perez a good backup plan because even though Salvador Perez has been surprisingly productive as he's gotten older, he's he's put up all-star caliber seasons in the last couple of years, but he is getting older. I do have Salvi on my top 10 catchers list. Go look at it on our social media. But there is a chance that this could be the year he hits a wall and, and the age catch up, catches up with him. The age catches up with everyone uh, who, who, who plays about as long as, as, as Salvi has. Austin Nola is a great backup plan there. Michael Walker, good veteran starting pitcher to pair with the young Brady Singer uh, at the, that rotation. And, and Will Smith has, has, has won a, a handful of world series here in the last three years and uh, is a great piece to that Kansas city bullpen. As I said, I don't, I don't think they're a playoff team this year, but I expect a huge leap forward for a team that is really building something. Fourth, I have the Cleveland guardians, the team that I thought was going to take the division a year ago. And they, 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 faltered down the stretch they didn't really add anybody to to make me think that they were going to do it again but they do have another year of the Naylor brothers and um Andres Jimenez I have on my top 10 second baseman list they do have Steven they 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 did bring back Stephen Kwan who is an, an on-base machine Shane Bieber is still at the top of that rotation despite the trade rumors Last year, at the All Star at the at the trade deadline, because he is still one of the best pitchers in baseball, he's still in Cleveland, as is Jose Ramirez. So they could, given the fact that they were were knocking on the door of the division for most of the year last year, in a very winnable division, but still, even the, given the fact that they were knocking on the door for most of the year last year, they could surprise people and, and do it again. The roster is. Largely the same as far as you know some some of their major bullpen pieces and Shane Bieber and and J Ram, but I don't see it happening. They they couldn't capitalize last year. I don't see them capitalizing this year with the division as a whole getting better. And last but not least, to no surprise, I have the Chicago White Sox. Look, they're a mess, and the team all but said it last year. They're a mess. They have nobody. I mean, they 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 have nobody really of note. To step up and lead, uh, Giolito's gone, Lance Lynn is gone, Jake Berger is gone. I do have Andrew Vaughn coming in at tenth on my on my first baseman list. I uh, it's not because I think the team's going to do anything special. It's because I think Andrew Vaughn is really good, uh, and I think he's going to have a good year. And I think that's going to be it because when when the, you fall apart like the culture of of the White Sox has in the last year. The only players you have, you have Eloy Jimenez there, and he's he's out there talking about, you know, how do you fix the problem? And he goes, I don't know. You know, if you're gonna be a leader, you gotta you you gotta come up with a solution, even if it's not the right one. You gotta say something. He didn't. I I don't think he's he's gonna be the one to step up and do anything. I don't think Luis Roberts gonna be the one to step up and do anything. I think they're too young to 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 like spearhead. A, a miraculous effort to turn it around. I think Chicago's a mess. They're going to come in last, and it's not going to be pretty. Moving to the AL West, I think this is one of the, the more interesting divisions in baseball because you have the the 
Houston Astros who are eyeing their eighth straight ALCS appearance. You have the defending champ Texas Rangers. You have Seattle that just a year ago broke their playoff drought. Um, you know, you have the Angels their first year without Shohei. So I think this is interesting. I do have Houston winning the division and and because they are eyeing, as I said, their eighth straight ALCS appearance. And I do think they'll get there. Um, they, they, they didn't really lose anybody of note. And they did add Josh Hader, who's the best closer in baseball right now. So uh, just like the Orioles, a great team just got better. I am expecting Jose Abreu had an okay year last year. Not great. He 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 was decent in the playoffs. I'm expecting him to have a bounce back year. I think I have him at number five or six on my first baseman's list. Uh, I I'm expecting him to have a bounce back year. So I expect Houston to win the AL West. I have Texas coming in at second, and I do think they'll they'll return to the playoffs. They added Tyler Molly, uh, Kirby Yates to that to that uh, bullpen, and Tyler Molly is an option for rotation if somebody gets hurt um they would the the rangers would be would be suited to bring back jordan montgomery jordan montgomery said that he did want to he did prefer to return to a team he's already played for i.e the yankees rangers or cardinals but there's been no movement there it does look like he's pretty far down the road with the boston red sox but Boston may just be waiting for his price to come down a little bit as it gets closer and closer to regular season. But if Texas could could lure Jordan Montgomery back, I think that would be a huge deal. Uh, DeGrom and Scherzer are eyeing August returns. So if uh, Texas can kind of piece together their starting rotation until August, they're they're getting two huge reinforcements back. That's why that's where I think Tyler Molly could come into play. He has been both in, uh, in a starting rotation and in a bullpen. In his career, they have John Gray, who who did pretty well last year, and they have Dane Dunning, I believe, still. So, I think Texas, with with the offense that they had last year, with with Corey Seager, uh, Marcus Simeon, Adolis Garcia, a healthy Josh Young, we hope, because he has been a little bit injury prone in his young career. And he did, uh, I think he has a calf injury that'll keep him out for three weeks of spring training. Uh, so he will get back for about a week or so of games. He should and be ready for opening day. But we'll see. They, As I said, they did lose Montgomery. Hopefully they can, I think they should try to lure him away from Boston and get him back because Boston's not going anywhere, even if they land Montgomery. Third, I have Seattle. I think this could potentially be a three three playoff team division because Seattle, as two a couple of years ago, broke their playoff drought. Last year they came up short, um, but they but they are bringing back. They have another year of Julio Rodriguez. They still have J.P. Crawford. They still have a lot of those Cal Raleigh. They still have a lot of those pieces. Uh, Ty France, I think, is updating his swing a little bit. We'll see if that helps. They they did. Bring back Mitch Haniger. They added uh, Jorge Polanco, Mitch Garver, and Luke Rayleigh. They did lose Robbie Ray, but I think those offensive additions could help. They could use another bat or a starting pitcher. As I said, those those things are out there. Blake Snell is out there. Montgomery, for the time being, is out there. Matt Chapman is out there. So so I think if Seattle could add another piece, they could 
they could be in good shape. I think that I, as I said, I think the AL West has a good shot at being a three team, a three playoff team division with the three wild card spots. Uh, fourth, to no surprise, and it may be surprised that I haven't been fourth and not fifth, but fourth, I have the Angels. They do have Mike Trout, who has had injury problems in the last couple of years. They, it's no secret, they lost Shohei Otani. And they did add a couple of pieces, but, and, and Anthony Rendon is healthy, but he doesn't seem to have a passion for playing baseball anymore. So who, so healthy might not matter. You know, I don't expect, I don't, I don't expect Anthony Rendon to play 130 games, even if he is healthy. They did add Aaron Hicks to the outfield. Um, and they do have the first year manager, Ron Washington at the helm. And if anybody can take a team, nobody has expectations for and make them into something interesting. It is Ron Washington, but I think the loss of Shohei Otani is going to be too great, especially since they weren't even a playoff team with Shohei Otani. So I have the Angels at fourth. And at fifth, I've got Oakland. Look, I wish the best for the Athletics, but with 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 no hope of staying in Oakland and attendance dwindling and the and the whole mess they're, they don't they don't have anything to play for. It's plain and simple as that. They don't have anything to play for. They're going to be last in the division. Oakland, soon to be Vegas, coming in at fifth in the AL West. Moving on to the National League, we've got the NL East. We're going to start there. I've got the Atlanta Braves winning their seventh straight NL East title. They pretty much have the same group from last year that set records and was one of the best offenses we've ever seen. Ronald Acuna won the MVP. Matt Olson broke the franchise home run record. They did, and they added Chris Sale. Now Chris Sale has, has is getting older and he's had some injury problems, but in my mind, if Chris Sale can make twenty five starts and be half of the pitcher he used to be, the Braves will take it. They have a lot of young options in that rotation. Um, if something happens to sale. They have obviously Spencer Strider, Max Fried in the last year of his deal. It remains to be seen if he'll be extended or re-signed or if the Braves will let him walk. Given Anthopolis's moves in the past, this this may be the last time we see Max Fried in a Braves uniform. Anthopolis has let pretty big cornerstones walk out the door in each of the last two seasons. So, you know, I I don't have high hopes for the Braves re-signing Max Fried, but he is healthy, and and that and that, and that could motivate the team to 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 play around him. It could motivate him, uh, for if he was going to test free agency, it could motivate him to get a larger contract. And like I said, they they've got they've got Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder came on last year, AJ Smith Schalver is is somebody they're really high on in the rotation. Tyler Matzik is going to be back in that bullpen. Uh, the 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 MVP in my mind, other than Eddie Rosario, of the 2021 playoff run, his his performance in the in the eighth inning, in the seventh and eighth inning of 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 Game Six of the NLCS was one of the best pitching performances I think I've ever seen. He'll be back and healthy after missing all of last year. I don't know if he'll start on the opening day roster, but he will come. He will be back, and that adds a huge piece to a good Atlanta bullpen that did lose Kirby Yates. I think I feel like they could use another bullpen arm. Um 
but I have no reason to think Atlanta won't won't win a hundred games again and uh and win their seventh straight NL East title. Philadelphia Phillies, they have beaten the Braves in the playoffs the last two years. I I do think that's a symptom of the way it's set up. It, but I'm not going to get into that. But they made the they made the World Series two years ago. They were in the NLCS last year. I have no reason to think they're not going to be good. I think Philly's ownership, with the money they've spent in the last few years, would say they've un, they've greatly underachieved what they hope to do. I'm sure that this is a team that's been trying to win World Series for the last several years. The Phillies added Whit Merrifield. They re-signed Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, which was huge. Uh, re-signing those guys because if they didn't re-sign one or both of those guys, that I would not have them in this spot. Bryce Harper's healthy and and moving to first base to hopefully um, curtail some of those injury issues that he's had the last couple of years. And because Harper moved to first base, they did move on from Reese Hoskins, who did miss all of last year with an ACL injury. But I I do think that's still a big loss but they they were able to move on from him because they have first base and the DH covered with Harper and Schwarber respectively. I expect I expect the Phillies to put up a fight in the division again. Third, I have the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins surprised a lot of people uh last year, last couple of years. Skip Schumacher won NL Manager of the Year for a good reason. Luis Arise flirted with a miraculous 400 season for like half the year, and and he still won the batting title by 17 points over NL MVP Ronald Acuna. I expect him to. He's he's hit everywhere he's gone. He's now won the batting title in both leagues uh, when he was with the Twins early in his career, and now Miami. Not only do they have a rise and 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 Jazz Chisholm, who will hopefully be healthy for most of the year this year. They added Tim Anderson to the middle of that infield, which was a, something of a surprise move in, in in just the last couple of days. But given the dysfunction in Chicago and the fact that he seemed to be at the center of some of it, not necessarily as the instigator, but as the only leader that team seemed to have, him leaving Chicago isn't surprising. They did add him, uh, and they brought back Josh Bell, who I think is going to add a, 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 a lot of power, who who was with Miami at the end of last year. I think he's going to add a lot of power to that lineup. And they and they still have Jake Berger after a trade with Chicago at the deadline a year ago. So I think those two are going to add a lot of power to the lineup. They did lose Jorge Soler, who has had like a career resurgence after his 2021 World Series MVP run with the Braves. But he moved on to San Francisco. I do think they'll miss him, but but it'd be interesting to see what Skip Schumacher does with this team because they have a they have the good a good foundation to at least be competitive. And I think I think the NL East is too has too much talent in it for the Marlins to really make noise beyond the regular season. You know, I don't have high hopes for the Mets, but they still have firepower. The Braves and the Phillies have made noise in the playoffs the last several years. I just, I think the Marlins are wrong place, wrong time, but I do like what they're building there. The New York Mets, I just said, they're, they're, they're admittedly rebuilding. Uh, they, they told Max Scherzer as much before he requested a trade a year ago. I do think Pete Alonso and Lindor are going to have good seasons because that's what they do. But there's, there's too much, there's too many question marks. There's too much dysfunction. The Mets admittedly aren't trying to win this year. They're gearing up for next year and beyond. Something might happen. Who knows? Uh, but with but with the disaster that was last year, admittedly a disastrous year, 
for them. They did they did reunite uh, Pete Alonzo with his former college running mate Harrison Bader, bringing him in. They added uh, Luis Severino and Joey Wendell, so they they've they've added some nice pieces. But again, I don't. I don't see anything special happening in New York, and I have them coming in fourth in the division. And Washington Nationals, they, they've got some nice young players. Uh, C.J. Abrams, I think, is going to be a really good player, but I, I, I have to laugh because I think about the beginning of last year, everybody was talking about, oh, he's, he's like this defensive wizard, and he's going to be like the best shortstop in the major leagues in a couple of years. And he goes out and like makes five errors in his first game. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the team's got, you know, no aspirations of winning, but there's something to be said for, for keeping, for ha- having a young core growing together and um, getting another year under their belts. And I think that's what Washington's got. So I do have them at fifth. I think they're going to go through some growing pains, but I think it's going to be valuable in the long run if they can keep that group together. Uh, moving on to the NL Central. This to me is always the most interesting division because, and I, I, I think this is going to be the most, the most competitive division in baseball this year. I do have St. Louis kind of having a rebound year and winning the division. It was kind of a fluke to me last year and to a lot of people that they collectively had this down year. Paul Goldschmidt, former MVP. Nolan Arenado, we know how good he is. You know, Miles Michaelis is an innings eater, workhorse guy, and I just think I just think the team is too good. I think the fan base is too behind them. I I think I think everything is is too good in St. Louis for them not to rebound. And I like like I said, I think last season was a fluke. I think. Everybody was healthy and there. It was just one of those times where like everybody, just like, you know, at the, at the end of the, at the, at the Giants run with their main guys, um, you know, they had a year, a couple of years ago where they sh- kind of shocked everybody and made the playoffs because they had a situation where everybody was on. Everybody had like a career year at the same time. And I think the opposite happened in St. Louis a year ago where everybody just had a collectively down year. And and they they weren't able to put wins together. I think that changes. I think they win the division. I do I do think that that Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado have have the years we expect from them. They did add Sonny Gray, who said pitching in St. Louis is like a dream, and he's had a career resurgence with with the Reds and Twins in the last couple of years. Adding him to that rotation is huge considering they lost Jack Flaherty halfway through at, at the they traded Jack Flaherty at the break at the at the deadline last year Adam Wainwright retired I do think they could use another pitcher to to fill that void and I'll say it again Blake Snell is still out there Montgomery's still out there and would and and would welcome a return to St. Louis they they could use a starting pitcher to fill the void of losing both Flaherty and Wainwright but I still think they they win the division. Second, I have last year's surprise team, not a surprise anymore. Cincinnati Reds. I really liked what they did last year. I like their I, I like one of their pitchers, Graham Ashcraft. Ellie De La Cruz is obviously a monster. Jonathan India, I I think is one of the best second basemen in Major League Baseball. I I I have him on my list for second baseman. I don't think they have what it takes to to win the division, 
because they kind of faltered down the stretch last year and 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 missed the playoffs. But they were exciting last year. Everybody loved watching it. I loved watching it, and I think they'll be right back there this year. I think they'll they'll kind of surprise people still though and finish in second place and get in with the wild card. Third, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm kind of confused as to what Milwaukee's doing this season. Like, are they trying to win? Are they not? Because they did add Reese Hoskins, who I who I think is going to have a really good season for them. I have him on my first baseman's list after c- coming off the ACL injury. I expect him to have a good year. And that's why it's so confusing, because they added Hoskins, so it looked like they were going for it. And then they traded Corbin Burns who was like their best pitcher by far. And so uh, they seem a little directionless. And Christian Yelich has been a bit up and down the last couple of years. And they did bring back Brandon Woodruff, who's been good for them in the past. So I don't know what to expect from Milwaukee. So I can't put them anywhere but in the middle. I don't I don't expect they're going to be bad. Although all the, their manager, Craig Council, Craig Council, did leave them for the for the rival Chicago Cubs. I can't expect them to be bad, but given that I don't know what that team is doing or who they're going to be, I can't I can't put them any higher than in the middle. And that brings me to number 4. I mentioned Craig Council leaving the Brewers for the Cubs, and at the time I thought that was going to be a huge deal. I thought I thought that they were going to do something uh and and really make a push for the division that that with with the fall off of the Cardinals last year, uh, was going to leave it wide open, and I and I don't. And then the offseason happened, and it was really quiet in Chicago. They added a couple of of veteran players on 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 minor league deals, but they didn't really do anything until this morning. News broke that they were bringing back Cody Bellinger, which is why I haven't mentioned him when when I've mentioned the free agents that are out there. They did bring back Cody Bellinger, which, if you ask me, they should have done on day one of free agency. Like, it was a foregone conclusion that he should should be back in Chicago, and Chicago waited until the 11th hour to do it. And I, they, they did sign Japanese star uh, Shota Imanaga, but who's really happy to be there, and I expect to be really good, but because he's coming over from Japan, we don't know what to expect from him. I I imagine he'll be good, but we don't know. You know, we didn't we didn't know for certain that Shohei was going to absolutely take the world by storm when he showed up in L.A. We knew he was going to be good. We didn't know he was going to be this good. Uh, But there have also been guys who have come over from Japan in recent years that have not been what we thought they were going to be. I I think back a little ways to to Daisuke Matsuzaka and. Tanaka for the Yankees. Both those guys were good for a short period of time and then fell off the map. I think Imanaga is going to be good, but I can't say that for sure. I do think Ian Happ and Nico Horner are going to be all-stars this year. And Chicago could make a run for second. I think this division is, is wide open. Because we don't know for certain that that St. Louis is going to rebound. I've never really had faith in Milwaukee. Cincinnati's a little bit young, and they lost their their veteran leadership in Joey Votto. So so you don't know. This division could look completely different 
from this prediction at the at at the All Star break. We don't know if if Imanaga turns out to be really 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 good, and Dansby and Nico and Ian Happ have have good seasons. Maybe, maybe the maybe the Cubs make the big splash later in the year, but as of now, they haven't really done a lot, so I can't I can't put them too high. Um, and then Pittsburgh, they're rebuilding. I like what they're doing. I like Henry Davis, their 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 young catcher, their top prospect. I like Key Brian Hayes. I like those guys. They have Brian Reynolds there. I like what's happening. Uh, Brian Reynolds was was the the subject of many 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 trade talks, not just last year but the year before, as they were expecting that he'd want to uh, get out of Pittsburgh, but he seemingly wants to stay. And there are a lot of uh, analysts that are expecting him to have a huge 2024. Pittsburgh did just sign. Mitch Keller to I think a five year extension, a pretty big extension to kind of lead that that pitching staff. I don't think they're gonna be do it. I don't think they're gonna do anything this year, but I like I like what Pittsburgh is building. But they're just rebuilding. I for those who have followed this podcast for a while, it's on my bucket list to visit the stadiums of all 30 major league baseball teams, and I'm just getting started. I've only visited three so far, but it is my hope to get to Pittsburgh this year which, as far as stadiums go, has been high on my list for a long time. I think the NL Central is the best division in baseball for stadiums, and so Pittsburgh has been high on my list for a long time, and I hope to get there in May this year. I'll keep you guys updated on that. But as it stands, I have Pittsburgh rebuilding. I have St. Louis rebounding and winning the division, followed by Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Pittsburgh. Last but not least, I have the NL West. Uh, no surprise here. I have the Dodgers once again winning 100 games. I think they're going to have the best record in baseball this year. An- another year with Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts moving to second base. They added Shohei Otani and Tyler Glass now, which Shohei Otani is not going to be helping their their rotation this year because he's not going to be pitching in 24. He's he'll pitch again in 25, but he is hitting this year and he looks good. Um, he he hit. He took batting practice for the first time in spring training and put on an absolute show. That's a show with no W. So I I expect you know there is there is concern about how his hitting would fare with with the the surgery, and if you saw that scar on his elbow, it is it is aggressive. Uh, but he looks to be okay. He looks to be able to hit, and I think he'll he'll be able to make a difference for that already vaunted lineup. Uh, Tyler Glass now leaving the Tampa Bay Rays to be yet another piece in that pretty solid Dodgers rotation. So I expect nothing but the best from the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw back on a one-year deal, maybe his last. Uh, I I expect 100 wins, best record in, in the majors from the LA Dodgers. Second, I have last year's National League champions, Arizona Diamondbacks. They didn't do a ton as far as additions, most of their roster is back, which is why I have them I have them finishing in second in a tough division, despite not doing a lot. Um, they did bring in Jock Peterson and Randall Gritchick, who I who I think will be will be valuable uh, platoon pieces in that outfield. Jock Peterson has had a bit of a career resurgence since his run with the Braves in 2021. And Randall Gritchick has has been 
has been good pretty much everywhere he's gone. He's a, he's a solid hitter um, off the bench. I expect another great year from Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, as well as Brandon Fott. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And I see no reason why Arizona couldn't continue what they started last year. It surprised everybody last year, but I think I think Tori Lavolo is a great manager and could have him do it again. Third, I have the San Francisco Giants. They've made a few additions this year after missing out on after trying so so hard, but missing out on uh, Judge and Otani in in consecutive years. It seems like they were so close on both and just couldn't couldn't reel them in. So they went out and they added some good pieces. They didn't they didn't do anything major, but they did they did add Jorge Soler and Jordan Hicks, which I think Jordan Hicks, although wild, can be a hugely valuable piece to that bullpen. And I think I think Jorge Soler can bring a lot of power to that lineup that still has Mike Yastrzemski. They have a lot of good young pieces. I know Schmidt is out there. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Casey. Casey Schmidt, he's out there after after having a big kind of rookie year uh, for them. Uh, and I am and I've always been high on Logan Webb. I think he is one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. And and only some are noticing it. Uh, whenever I, I watch him pitch, I'm just like, how does anybody hit him ever? Uh, I think he had a bit of a down year last year. I expect that to change. And the Giants, they have a chip on their shoulder. Like I said, like I said, I think that they are they are bitter that they've just missed out on the big ticket guys the last couple of off seasons. And I think they're they're going to play with fire in their eyes. And I I I have them making the playoffs. Um, as a as I think this is potentially a three playoff team division in the National League potentially uh depending on how everything shakes out there might not be a a a, a three division a three team uh, playoff division but if there was one it's going to be this one um i listen i have the san diego padres in fourth i have no confidence in the san diego ownership i have no confidence in the roster despite having big names san diego's gone after big names for the last three off seasons and they've gotten them. And then the the San Diego Padres remind me of the LA Lakers post twenty twenty championship. Is that they've 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 tried to go out and add the big names and it hasn't worked. And so then they trade them. So then they so then they have to rebuild on the fly around a few key players. And then it just doesn't work and they can't get out of their own way and they're barely above five hundred and they don't make it and like it's I don't see anything special happening in San Diego. Despite having Tatis and Bogarts and Machado, I I don't they 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 traded Juan Soto. They let Blake Snell walk after a Cy Young season. They, you know, everybody talks about San Diego being being the being the younger the 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 younger brother of the Dodgers who never beats older brother who never gets the thing who never who, like. They 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 talk about San Diego being the being the younger brother of L.A., but I don't think that's true. I think I w- I would expect Hugh Darvish to ask for a trade this year because he's upset with the team for not honoring his one wish of of 
pushing for of going after Shohei and and going after Imanaga and kind of creating this Japanese superstar triumvirate. And they didn't really push hard for either guy, so I'm sure you Darvish isn't very pleased. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he asked for a trade some at some point during the season. And that's another thing. Like I that that's why I wouldn't call San Diego the the younger brother of LA is because I don't think they've earned that role. Yes, they beat LA in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but then they didn't do anything with that. They haven't made, they haven't done much uh to to grab hold of the division when everybody thought it was that they were that, that they were on the cusp of, of 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 making the move. They didn't do it. And then I think the younger brother of the Dodgers is the Giants because at least the Giants year after year are try to build a winning team. They try to take the big swings. They're 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 rebuilding after their their run of wins. And because they had that run of wins, I think that makes them the younger brother. And I think that makes San Diego the like the cousin Oliver in the situation that shows up and tries to tag along and and it, and annoys all the siblings. That's how I view San Diego right now. They're the cousin that won't go away. Like it's just like dude, it's like dude, get out of here. We don't want to play with you. And that, and that's who San Diego is to me. I do think going back to San Francisco for a second. I do think San Francisco does need a catcher. They don't really have anybody to kind of hold down that position that was held for so long and so strongly by Buster Posey. They selected Joey Bart with the second overall pick a few years ago as the heir apparent to Buster Posey, but he has not lived up to that at all. They they don't really have any any significant depth at that position. They have Tom Murphy, but he's a career backup. That's one piece that they could really address a name that comes to my mind as a potential target is Shea Longoliers in Oakland because as I said they're not they're not going anywhere he's he's he is one of the players that's playing well for them go get Shea Langoliers and that same thing goes for the Yankees who I said needed a catcher these are two teams that are in bat in desperate need of of catchers Shea Langoliers is one option that's out there and I'd hate to say it but Sean Murphy is capable of of playing pretty much every day in Atlanta, so Travis Darno could be an option uh, for some of those teams that could really, really use a veteran catcher that produces with the bat. But yeah, I don't have any faith in the Padres. I I think they're the cousin that these that the siblings don't want to play with. I think I think San Francisco is the younger brother because they actually try and they actually they they've actually won. So so they actually have a gripe to get past the Dodgers. Because they think, because they know that they are capable of winning and building successful teams as they've done in the past, San Diego hasn't done that. They haven't. They they haven't been threat in de- in decades. They haven't won a championship in a really long time. So I don't even think they're they are the younger brother of the Dodgers. I think they are the cousin. I think they. I think I think they are the cousin that bugs the crap out of the Dodgers and Giants because they want to play and they want to do the same things that. Dodgers and Giants do, and they can't do it, and they can't seem to make it happen. And so, and so, the Dodgers and Giants be, are just out there going, "Go home!" Like we don't, we 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 don't want you. They're 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 the cousin Oliver that ruined for all you for all you that are into old sitcoms like I am. They're the cousin Oliver that comes in and 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 just spoils everything for the Brady Bunch. Like they're they're the ones nobody likes. And last but not least, I have the Colorado Rockies. 
I think Colorado and Coors Field is one of the best environments, one of the best fan environments, one of the best environments to watch a game, but they don't really have anything to offer right now as far as a team. They do still have Charlie Blackman as as the captain of that squad. They do still have Chris Bryant at uh and they do who is moved to the outfield I think for them because they have another guy with a familiar first name at third base, uh, Nolan Jones, who is who has kind of come come into his own and, and been kind of a, a fan favorite for Rockies fans. And while I don't think they have anything to offer on the field this year, it still remains to be one of the best, to me, one of the best places to watch a game, one of the best places, one of the best environments in the game. And despite not really winning, I think Rockies, the Rockies have one of the best fan bases in baseball. I know every time the Braves are playing the Rockies, I make sure that I am tuned in on that game. And sometimes I even watch the Rockies broadcast because I just, I, it's one of my favorite stadiums to watch a game be played in. And I hope for the best for the Colorado Rockies organization, but this year is just another rebuilding year in Mile High. So those are what I kind of see before the first pitch of the regular season is thrown. That's that's how I see kind of the divisions shaking out. I, I didn't include records on this like I did with the NFL because it's it's really hard to predict a record when there's 162 games. I don't have time. I don't have time to go through every game and be like, oh, this is a win, this is a loss. This, and, and that kind of thing day-to-day is unpredictable in baseball. That's why they play so many games because because you don't know, you know, anything can happen on any, any given day. That's why we love baseball. But that's what I have. Just, just to recap my division winners, in the American League, I have the Baltimore Orioles, Minnesota Twins, and Houston Astros, as respectively. In the National League, I have Atlanta, St. Louis Cardinals having a rebound season, and the Los Angeles Dodgers, who will probably end up with the best record in Major League Baseball. That's all I have for you. This was an episode full of baseball, just the way I like it. I am Roman Gennaro host of Empire Sports Talk. Check us out on on social media and on our YouTube channel where we're constantly putting out good content such as Xbox Exposé where we simulate different things that could happen like like Michael Jordan versus Kobe, Michael Jordan versus LeBron, Shaq and Kobe versus LeBron and Anthony Davis. I think our I think our next upload in that series is going to be Paul George versus Jason Tatum and that and that was a good one. So be on the lookout for that. Follow us on social media so you know when new episodes are up and new content comes out. And be sure to check out our our rankings going into 2024 for each position. The catchers, first baseman, and second baseman are out now. And with with a new position field coming every day, check that out. We'll see you next time. I'm Roman Gennaro for Empire Sports Talk, my mom's favorite podcast. It's a good day to go 1-0. See you next time.